Hello! Thank you for tuning in to this Bible study. Today we are going to be wrapping up the book of Romans. Uh, we This is our 16th video and there are 16 chapters. Uh, and it's been a fun journey going through Romans. I've absolutely loved it. Um, hearing chapters 1 through 11, Paul does a great job of... Um, just theology in general of what does it mean to be a Christian? What is a Christian? And then in chapters uh, um, 13, 14, 15, we've looked at this question of how now shall we live? And now uh, we're, we're finishing up Romans. We got uh, uh, from Romans 4, 15, 14 through 16, 27, which is the end of Romans. Um, so let's dig into this. I'm excited to wrap this up. Uh, as Paul says, uh, a farewell to the people uh, and a, a, a shout out to the people that he knows. So don't you bow your heads and let's pray over this time. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this letter that Paul sent to uh, the believers as well as his friends, um, as well as people he'd never met before in Rome. Thank you, Lord, that this letter had benefit to them then and it has benefit to us now. I pray, Lord, that you will soften our hearts open our ears, and just teach us something new about your word and about your character. We dedicate this time to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, awesome. So uh, we're going to do this in chunks as we always do. And the first chunk that we're going to do is Romans 15, verse 14 uh, through verse 22. So why don't you join me on Romans 15, verse 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. By the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often hindered, why I have often been hindered from coming to you. Okay, let me just check my notes here. Okay, so <clears throat> Paul opens up this chunk in addressing them, talking about the fact that he uh, has written quite boldly on some points to remind them again uh, because the grace of God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. There's no question as we've been going through this, Paul has not only been bold, very bold, uh, in the statements that he's made, uh, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. Uh, but there's also been some stuff that he's talked about that uh, 
is overwhelming and a bit over my head, a bit complicated, and where you're just like, wow, what is Paul getting at there? And that's the thing that I love about scriptures is that each time I read through a book of the Bible, um, like I've read through Romans before, but the last time I did a study on it was 10 plus years ago. So to go back through, I've learned all new things. So there's times when we dig into scripture and we'll learn one thing, but then later on when we come back and study it again, we'll learn something new. That's the beauty and the amazing uh, element and the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit to work through the word. It, it's interesting is, is that, uh, well, I want you to flip over to 2 Peter um, 3.15. So let's go to 2 Peter. I didn't put a place marker for this one. 2 Peter 3.15. So this is Peter, the rock, uh, small rock, but still, this is Peter, the guy who um, Jesus called out to walk on the water and he stepped out boldly from the boat. Uh, and then when Jesus said that he had to go and be crucified, Peter was the one who stood up and said, no, it will never happen. We'll stand with you. I will never reject you. And of course, Peter is also the one who, uh, at the same time, when he walks out of the water, he starts to, to fall into the water. And Jesus says, why did you doubt? And then the same time, uh, Jesus says, uh, before the cock crows today, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, it'll never happen. And then he does. I mean, this is Peter. I personally, out of any character in the Bible, relate more so to Peter than anybody else. And the reason being, I run full speed, gung-ho, straight ahead, and sometimes it's straight into a brick wall. Uh, I love Peter uh, for that aspect. I can totally relate to him. But Peter, it, it's, it's interesting. Peter here gives us, uh, he's talking to um, uh, believers, and he, he makes this comment about Paul himself. Second uh, Peter uh, verse 3, 15. So uh, I'm going to pick it up actually halfway through uh, verse 15. Our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So even Peter comes out and says, you know what? Paul writes his letters and they're great letters, but sometimes some of the stuff Paul says is hard to understand. This is The reason why I bring this up is to show that one, uh, if you don't get it, that's okay. There's certain times in scriptures where it's like, well, I don't quite understand that yet, but I'm just gonna keep going and push on through, and that's okay. You can always dig in deeper to try to figure it out, read commentaries, etc. But I love the fact that Peter even says of Paul, he sometimes writes things that are just hard to understand. So when, when Paul says, I've written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, it's okay if you don't understand it at first. But be patient and you will. The other thing that I want to hit on is he says that he has preached uh, by the power of the signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum. So I'm going to pull this map up here. And this is the Roman Empire uh, from roughly 50 BC to around 100 AD. 
and you can see Jerusalem is there, uh, and then you can see all the way up around to Illyricum. Illyricum is uh, on the eastern, northeast side of the, the shore of the Adriatic Sea. Uh, it's where modern-day Croatia and Bosnia are. And so at this point, where Paul is at in his ministry journey, uh, he has not yet made it to Rome. He is writing this from Corinth, as you recall, in Greece. And he is saying that at this point, he has preached uh, starting from Jerusalem and then going up and around all the way to Illyricum is the territory that he has covered. But he has said that um, he has been hindered from seeing them. The reason why he's been hindered from seeing them is because he, he always wanted to preach and present the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who had never heard it before. So Rome has believers in it. Uh, and, and we'll see this as he greets them. He, Paul knows that there are believers, that there is a church in Rome. So he's been hindered. He has held back from going all the way to Rome because he's been led by the, the Holy Spirit. He's been led to go to places that have never heard the gospel. But he does say, and I'm jumping ahead, um, he does say that he's a passion to go and visit them. Uh, so verse 15, 22, chapter 15, 22 uh, is where specifically, let me just, let's flip over to there. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. Uh, just before that, uh, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. He's quoting from Isaiah. That's Isaiah 52, 15 is what he's quoting from there. But so that's the reason. He wants to, to reach out to people who haven't heard the message before. It's interesting. So in Paul's day, he went to synagogues, he went to cities, and he preached the gospel, and it was brand new. They had never heard it before. You would be hard-pressed today to find a place that has never heard the gospel before, that's never heard the gospel message. The Wyclef Bible Translators, wyclef.org is how you can look this up, uh, and they have a 2025 vision so Wyclef back in 1999 set a goal to, and this is the vision, to see a Bible translation in progress, not necessarily completed, but it says in progress, and every language that still needs one by 2025. That's their goal. To, and the challenge that, that they face is that they go into some territories that have no written language. So it's one thing to translate from a written language to take a Bible and put it into that language. That's one thing. But to go in where they have no written language at all then requires them to create a written language. It's fascinating stuff. And I highly recommend that you go and check out yclef.org. It's W-Y-C-L-I-F-F-E.org. I'll put a link below uh, in the comments for both uh, the podcast as well as for YouTube. Um, to this. It's also an organization that I highly suggest that you give a donation to. Um, one of the things that I love about this, the 2025 goal, for you Bible scholars out there, what did Jesus say would happen just before the end? Just before the end of the world, the end times, the rapture of the church, the tribulation, the end of the world. 
What is one of the things that's going to usher that in? Well, let's flip over to that. So leave a marker here in Romans, and we're going to flip over to Matthew 24, 14. As you recall, Matthew 24, phenomenal chapter in which the apostles ask. Jesus and the apostles are walking out of the temple, and they say to him, look at this amazing temple. Isn't this beautiful? And he says, not one of these bricks is going to stand on the other. And then the, the disciples are like, well, okay, that's obviously a sign of the end of the world. When is the end of the world going to happen? And then Jesus goes into Matthew 24, a whole uh, a dissertation of what the end of the world is going to look like. But specifically, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is one of the reasons why so many Christians, me included, are so uh, excited by eschatology, the study of end times. The church that we used to attend back in Portland, Athey Creek Christian Fellowship, uh, Pastor Brett Metter, he does the first Friday of every month, he does a prophecy update. He used to do it just on New Year's Eve every year and starting good grief uh, back in, I think it was 2019, it might've been in 2020, there were so many prophetic things that were happening. The fulfillment of prophecy that was happening in his, in our eyes, in his eyes, that he said, I got to do this monthly. The pandemic hits, COVID hits, and now he does it every month. And we're seeing the chessboard be set for the rapture of the church, the Gog-Magog war of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the, the, the Daniel prophecy of the, the last week, the last period of seven uh, of the tribulation, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, all these things are, the chessboard is getting closer and closer to being set for what is prophesied to come. And one of those things that's prophesied is that the Bible will be preached in every language and every tongue around the globe. And Wyclef says by 2025, they'll have achieved that goal. Uh, it just gets me excited. Gets me excited. If you want to learn more, uh, uh, I did a full talk on this, and I've mentioned this many times, but uh, Matthew 24, I did a two-part series on that, if you want to go back and, and watch that. I also suggest, I'll put a link to um, Athey Creek Christian Fellowship, the first Friday of every month. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's really fun to watch, and they'll get 10, 15,000 people that watch live each time. Okay. Tangents upon tangents, continuing on. Romans, uh, let's continue on. Um, I'm still in Matthew. We got to go back to Romans. We are reading uh, verse 23, 15, 23. We're picking it up there. <clears throat> but now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, well, hold on. I think I'm supposed to stop right there. Nope, I'm going through 33. Sorry, continuing on verse 25, sorry. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. 
So after I completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution to take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. So there's a few different things that I want to hit in here. Uh, he brings a gift from Macedonia and Achaia uh, to the temple in Jerusalem. I love this fact because Paul has been so harsh on Israel, on the Jews. And the reason being is because he himself is a Jew, but he looks at them and he says, why have you rejected the Messiah, the whole Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures? From the Torah, the prophets, the law, all of it points to a Messiah, and Jesus fulfills this perfectly. And he's frustrated with the Jews. And we see him say some very harsh words against them. But you see here that he, he still respects them and he acknowledges that, that our foundation as Christians is Judaism. Christianity doesn't erase Judaism. It is the next installment. It is the fulfillment of the old covenant is the new covenant. It's the next, uh, uh, um, what, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, fulfillment, I will get it. Uh, dispensation. It's the next dispensation. It's the next element of God pouring out his plan. And he's frustrated with the Jews, but he still acknowledges that we owe the Jews everything and that God's favor and his blessing still holds to them. And so for this very purpose, he has collected an offering in the different churches that he's visited. And now he's going back to the temple in Jerusalem to give that offering. I think that's phenomenal. It shows his respect, his love, his passion for the Jews. And when we read through Acts, we saw that. We saw specifically um, that's how Paul goes back to Jerusalem. He does do what he said he's going to do. He goes back to Jerusalem. And we see this um, specifically Acts. Let's see. I have it. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to find it. Ah, oh, I forgot to write it down. I know I wrote it down. There it is. Acts 21, 17 uh, is where Paul first gets to Jerusalem. And then we see him specifically mention the gifts that he gives, the, the offering that he brings in Acts 24, 17. Sorry for that pause, but I knew I wrote it down. Okay, so... Paul has plans to simply go to Jerusalem, see the believers there, see Peter, hang out with his friends for a bit, get refreshed, and then go out on his fourth missionary journey. And his plan is to go all the way to Spain uh, and then hit Rome on his way. Well, best laid plans of mice and men, right? So he unfortunately, um, is recognized in the temple courts and he gets arrested. And thankfully, um, it's actually the Roman guards, the Roman centurion who protects Paul from being killed 
by the Pharisees, by the Sanhedrin. And this starts a period of uh, trials um, that he goes through. And, and so now, um, I'm, for you note takers, I'm going to give a whole bunch of dates now. We believe, to the best of our knowledge, that in 57 AD is when Paul writes the letter to the Roman church from Corinth. He then travels to Jerusalem, still in 57 AD. Then, in 57, is when he gets arrested, and for two years, he's imprisoned uh, in Caesarea, which is north of Jerusalem. Uh, and you see this in Acts 23, 23 through 26, 32, is the whole story of this. Uh, and then right at the very end of this time, he appeals to Caesar. As a Roman citizen, he has the right to appeal to Caesar. And because he does this, the governor that is there uh, in Caesarea has to send him to Rome to the, uh, the Supreme Court, as it were, to have his case tried before um, Caesar. And so this then... Uh, in 59, he travels to Rome, but he gets shipwrecked. He gets shipwrecked in Crete and spends uh, a winter in Crete. Uh, then uh, somewhere around 59 to 60, somewhere in that time frame, uh, he travels and finally makes it to Rome. He's imprisoned in Rome, but he is a Roman citizen. So his imprisonment is basically house arrest. Um, and so for two years... This is Acts 28, 16 through 31. Paul is under house arrest in Rome. And in this time, he writes letters. He writes letters to the churches that he helped found on his first and second missionary journeys and third missionary journeys. He writes to the Ephesians. He writes to the Colossians. He writes to Philemon. He writes to the Philippians. These are all the amazing letters that we now have in our New Testament that Paul writes under house arrest. Now, we do not have specific, concrete evidence that Paul goes on a fourth missionary journey, but we do have very, 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 very strong evidence that he does. And the reason why we have that is from his letters, the things that he says. First uh, Timothy and Titus are letters in which um, he, he alludes to hints of the fact that his first imprisonment, he actually says that, in my first imprisonment, now that's in 2 Timothy that he writes this, so he alludes to the fact that there's two imprisonments, right? We also know that he has a ministry in Crete, and he hasn't ministered in Crete yet, so we know we do have, uh, this is the uh, fourth missionary journey. Um, this is just a photo that uh, I took from, uh, uh, um, a scan of my Bible, of what we believe to be his fourth missionary journey. Paul is released from Rome, and he does go to Spain. He then travels and hits Crete and comes around and has a fourth missionary journey. He does get arrested a second time, and this is when the wave of persecution that we've talked about um, starts to kick in, and his second imprisonment... Um, is not house arrest. It is very much prison. It is a dark, dank dungeon. And in fact, let's flip to that. Um, 2 Timothy 4.6. So leave your finger here in Romans uh, and flip over to 2 Timothy 
chapter 4, verse 6. This is his last letter that we have. Um, and this is written um, from prison. And you can hear, read 1 Timothy. It's very quick. Then read 2 Timothy. He's writing to Timothy, who is a young pastor, words of wisdom. 2 Timothy 4, 6. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I'm going to stop there. You can keep reading. He's broken, and he knows that he's about to be poured out like a drink offering. He knows that he is going to be martyred. Many of the, well, all but John uh, of the 12 will be martyred. martyred. Uh, yeah. So Paul does eventually make it to Rome, and we do believe under good tidings, and he will, and he does he did likely greet all these people, um, but we're going to continue on as he uh, gives his shout out, his greeting. Uh, one thing to note, just real quick, it's interesting is, is that um, the, final, uh, the final words of chapter 15, the God of peace be with you all. Um, that's quite interesting to me. And the reason why I find that so interesting is, is that this is uh, his common um, shout out that we see um, Paul give uh, this, this final greeting. Um, and he does it. So the God of peace be with you all. Amen. He says it there. Then he's actually going to say it again in 16 verse 20 as he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. So uh, I'll talk about that more when we hit on that. So let's continue on. We're going to read uh, 16.1 through 24. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in, uh, I wrote this down, uh, Kagcharai is how you actually pronounce that, Kagcharai. Uh, sorry, a little tangent, blueletterbible.com or .org. Blueletterbible.org, I believe is what it is. But the Blue Letter Bible phenomenal resource. My mother-in-law, Marianne, turned me on to this. And the thing that I love about it that she showed me, which is really cool, is, is that you, you type in your verse, your passage, whatever. And there's so many resources that are there. But one of the tools that's phenomenal is they have the original Greek pronunciation for all these different words. And this has been helpful for me when I stumble through all these words, I can go and click on that and then I can know the phonetic way I can hear it said. Uh, and it's kagcharai, something that I'm still, I don't know Greek. Uh, so I'm uh, uh, butchering it just a little bit. But I'm going to start again, 16.1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church at Kagcharai. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been a benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Greet my dear friends Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. 
Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliaitis, Ampliaitis, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachius. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulias. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet uh, Asyncretus, Phlegion, Hermes, Petrobius, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philelius, Julia, Neresis, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. One of the things that I love about all of Paul's letters, they are straight up letters. We are seeing one side of a conversation. He is giving a shout out to those people uh, that he knows that are in Rome. And, and that's what this is. For the most part, we do not know anything about the majority of the people uh, that he lists here other than the information that he gives us. That being said, I am going to fly through and read uh, off the, the notes in my commentary here of the elements that we know. I'm going to start off with Phoebe. The only thing we know about Phoebe is what Paul says, and based on what Paul says, she is very likely the woman who was the bearer of this letter to the believers in Rome. And we get that from verse 2. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of uh, his people to give her any help she may need, blah, 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 blah. This is also where we see evidence of deaconesses. She is a deacon. Uh, so this is where Paul is affirming that women can be deacons. Uh, now, Priscilla and Aquila, these are two individuals that we have seen before. Paul, uh, uh, excuse me, Luke references them in Acts. Acts 18 uh, is where we're introduced to uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, continuing on, we have uh, Eponidas. This is the only mention of Eponidas in the Bible, so we really don't know anything about him. My dear friend Eponidas, other than he was a friend of Paul's. Uh, then we have Mary. Now, the challenge with Mary is there's six Marys in the New Testament, and uh, very likely um, this is exclusive. This Mary is not any of the other Marys. Um, then we have... Uh, uh, Adronicus and Junia, uh, very likely a husband and wife because they're, they're paired together. Now, there's an interesting statement that's made here. Uh, they are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Likely what Paul is saying here is they are considered outstanding by the apostles. The apostles love this pair, Adronicus and Junia. Um, then we have a whole peer, uh, series, uh, Ampliatus, uh, Urbanus, and Stachius, Apelius. These are all common slave names. Uh, 
Um, and the household of Aristobulus. Anytime you see the household of, the in, there's two elements that we're looking at here. The individual whose house it is, is a high level uh, individual who has a household, meaning that there are servants within that household. Uh, a Greek Roman official, very likely a wealthy individual that has a household, which means multiple servants and slaves, etc. So when Paul is mentioning this, he is speaking to the believers, the servants within that household. Now, uh, Aristobulus um, is perhaps refers to the grandson of Herod the Great and brother of Herod Agrippa uh, that he's referencing. So the believers in this, uh, um, the grandson of Herod the Great's household. Uh, next up, we have um, Herodian um, and the household of Narcissus. And this is the same thing. Uh, the household of Narcissus is the believers in that household. Um, Narcissus is sometimes identified with uh, Narcissus Trebius Claudius, uh, a wealthy freedman of the Roman emperor Tiberius. Uh, so yet another um, wealthy, but at the same time, um, uh, benefactor who has uh, servants and slaves that are believers. Continue on, uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa, um, pair of women, but likely twins. Uh, we see from archaeology and from uh, historical background and evidence that it was a very common thing to name twins the same root name, but slightly different. So it's likely uh, sisters and even twins. Um, and then he says, greet Persis, which means Persian woman. Um, don't know any, anything other than that. Um, then 14 through 15 is a whole list of names that he gives. Um, and none of the persons can be further identified except that they are slaves uh, or freedmen within the Roman church. We know they're in Rome. Um, and those names are uh, very common for uh, Roman slaves. So continuing on. Uh, at verse 17, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about our, your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The good peace, the God of peace, will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be to you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as does Lucius, Jason, and Saucy Peter, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greeting. Arrestus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus send you their greetings. Yep, I'm going to stop right there. So it's interesting. We have this chunk that, that very much sounds like a final benediction, uh, and he even concludes it. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. We see this uh, consistently in Paul's letter as a, a conclusion. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, 
uh, Galatians 6.18, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.28, all of these, those verses, he greets with a similar, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And even John in Revelation 22.21 uses a similar greeting uh, or, or, or closure to his book. But then he adds these additional shout-outs, um, which I just find interesting, and there's different theories on why this is, um, but I think that these individuals are critical and very important people. Timothy. Timothy is a character, an individual that we see throughout the New Testament. Uh, Luke speaks of him uh, in Acts, uh, and we also see First and Second Timothy are letters that Paul writes to him, and Paul, in his epistles, in his letter, mentions Timothy multiple times. Uh, my co-worker sends his greeting to you. He is a young pastor. Lucius, Jason, and Saucy Pater. Um, Jason is possibly the Jason that is mentioned in Acts 17, 5 through 9. Um, Saucy Pater, it's very likely, uh, scholars believe that that's so Pater, um, who's the son of Pereus uh, from Berea, who is mentioned in Acts 20, verse 4. Uh, and then he mentions Gaius, and who this is likely Gaius uh, Titius Justus, a godfearer who, um, whose house Paul stayed in while in Corinth. And then you have Orestus. Uh, at Corinth, archaeologists have discovered a reused block of stone in a paved square with the Latin inscription Orestus. In return for his audioship laid this pavement at his own expense. This may refer to the Orestus mentioned here. If it does, it is the earliest reference to a Christian by name outside of the New Testament. Uh, he may also be the same person referred to in Acts 19.22 as well as 2 Timothy 4.20. Clearly a very important, influential um, individual. Uh, and then we have um, Quartus, um, uh, who I don't know anything about. And <laughs> our brother Quartus, um, send you their greetings. Okay, let me make sure I've got my notes. Yep, we're good. We're going to continue on with the final, final uh, doxicology and ending and farewell. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel. The message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's it. That wraps up Romans. But let's, let's get into this just a little bit. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel. Paul has said this several times. My gospel. This is not arrogant. This is him saying uh, my testament, my testimony, my, my perspective, my personal encounter, uh, and my personal testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is only one gospel. There isn't five. There aren't the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and Paul. There's one gospel. Gospel means the good news. 
There's one gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have five different takes on it, five different perspectives on it, which is outstanding to get the, the, w- w- the story is told from five different point of views, which is phenomenal for us to be able to learn the true character of Christ. But he's not being arrogant, and you know that from the next one. The message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. That's what he's hitting at there. In keeping with the revelation and the mystery hidden for long ages past. Hidden in the prophets, in the Torah, in the law, in the scrolls. And that's what he mentions here in the, the um, prophetic writings. That is the whole Old Testament. It's a mystery that, that has been prophesied of a coming Messiah, but now made known through Jesus Christ. But now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command by the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that wraps up the book of Romans. I do not have any closing uh, discussion questions. Uh, So you can turn it off here, but if you want an update on what's going on with me, I'm just going to take a few quick, uh, be less than a minute or two to give an update. Uh, As many know, I sold uh, the video production business to Jake. Um, Good grief, that's going on nearly three years ago. Sold the wedding video side of the business to Jake back in 2021. And then at the beginning of this year, I actually sold the photography business to Jake. I am going into full-time ministry. Now, I still have four classes left in my master's, and I still have 20 weddings that I'm still shooting now under uh, Jake, under the Rosewick brand, but my plan is to go into full-time ministry, and I'm very excited about that. I'm in the works uh, in forming a 501c3 non-for-profit corporation, and you guys are going to hear more about that. I am going to continue doing these teachings because I absolutely love them. I get so much out of them because it forces me to dig in deep and learn new elements, and I'm still passionate about that, so I'm gonna keep going with these, but there's gonna be a whole new level, a whole new ministry along the video lines uh, that I'm gonna be launching likely in June or July. You'll see more about that. But For the month of April, the majority of the month of April, I am actually going to be going to Malawi, Africa. My pastor, Pastor Rick Cohen, he, every year, well, the past two he hasn't gone, uh, he goes to Malawi for seven, eight weeks, and he leads a a pastor's conference there with Edwin, who, who leads up a whole bunch of churches that are there, and he holds a pastor's conference where all these pastors from all the small little villages come to the long way, the capital, um, and are taught by Rick. Well, Rick has invited me to join him, and I'm going to be going there for the majority of April. And I am going to be teaching uh, the book of Luke, uh, Acts, and Romans. I'll also be giving a Good Friday message, uh, as well as going to be giving an Easter message, actually multiple different Easter messages to multiple different churches. I am terrified. Uh, and excited all at the same time. It is very much a leap of faith that I'm taking, and the thing that I love about going internationally, going and doing missions work, is that it forces you to rely on the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, when when you are put in situations where you cannot 
successfully do it of your own accord, that's where God steps in. And I love that and I'm excited for that. So please, 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 please be praying for me. Um, this Sunday, I'm actually going to be giving a message at my church, uh, Adirondack Christian Fellowship. It's not my church. It's the church that I attend. But I'm going to be giving a message, my testimony, um, to the congregation there. And the following Sunday, on the 3rd, I leave for Malawi. Please keep me in prayer. One, for safe travels. Uh, one, that I don't get sick, get COVID, get anything like that, get it again. I mean, I, I had it, good grief, two months ago, so I should still be fine. Uh, three months ago now. Um, but then also pray for um, the people that are there, that the Holy Spirit will um, prep them and will work in their hearts and their minds, and that I would be a tool considered worthy um, to be used while I am there. In the meantime, I'm actually going to record as a warm-up for myself uh, some overviews of the lessons that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to record those, and I am going to hopefully... I'm putting this in now, so I got to do it, but hopefully I'm going to um, pre-record these videos and I'm going to schedule them to be released on the Wednesdays that I am gone. Um, one on Luke's, one on Acts, Luke's, one on Luke, followed by Acts, and then I'm going to do a, a recap of Romans um, as individual talks that you will see come out each, each Wednesday. And then when I come back in the beginning of May, we're going to dig into the next book. Now, I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to continue uh, in a chronological element just to go to the next book, the next letter that Paul writes. I have a, a, a yearning to actually jump into the Old Testament and potentially go back and forth and back and forth so that we're hitting the Old Testament, then we hit a letter of the New Testament, and then we go back and hit the Old Testament. And that's kind of where I'm leading, but I'm going to wait on it. I'm going to pray on it. I'm going to see what the Lord leads me in uh, when I am in Africa. So that's it. I love you guys. Uh, I'm going to close this time in prayer, but please do keep me in prayer for the exciting things that God is doing and the Holy Spirit is doing uh, in me and his church. Bow your heads with me. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for those people who have joined me in traveling through Romans, roaming through Romans. Thank you so much for the Apostle Paul, the heart, the passion that he poured out into this letter and the benefit, as I said before, that this letter was to the people then and has been to every believer since that day until this present time. Lord, thank you. I pray, Lord, that you will be with the people who have joined me in this journey and that they will continue uh, in their steadfastness to continue digging into scripture, to continue reading, to continue. Lord, I pray that you will, that fire that you have put in their hearts to study and to learn your word, I pray that you will throw more kindle, more wood on that fire. That'll be an, an unquenchable fire for them to learn who you are, learn your character through your amazing word. Lord, I love you. Thank you so much for all the blessings that you give us. I pray this in Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. There you go. I will see you guys uh, in a month's time at uh, the beginning of May. Be well. <laughs> <laughs>